0: Learn more at marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks it down.
1: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're going to be talking about uh, the Buffs basketball game against Washington that's coming up on Sunday. Uh, And also, we're going to talk through all of the Pac 12 games that are going to be played this weekend. Um, even though Colorado will not be playing football alongside the rest of the conference. Um, So that's what to expect from today. Um, We'll be back on Sunday with a post-game show after the Colorado-Washington game. I think that's like an 8 p.m. start, so that might be a late night. Um, But be on the lookout for that. You can watch uh, through Twitter uh, at the DNVR Buffs Twitter account or on the DNVR YouTube channel um youtube is a lot easier and works a lot better and doesn't crash and all that kind of stuff so we recommend going over there Um, but you know whatever's easier before we jump into all this stuff uh i want to give a shout out to our friends over green mountain dental group the presenting sponsor of this podcast um that's a great place to go if you need to get your teeth cleaned um they do really 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 great work. Um, a whole bunch of DMVR listeners and DMVR members and even DMVR employees have gone out there and they've all said that it has been an incredible experience. So take advantage. Go do that. Uh, there's no reason not to. Oh, and I should say, uh, if you do schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. So it's just an awesome offer. Make sure you take advantage of it. And support a local family owned business. All right. Um, Basketball. So, like I said, the Buffs are playing um, Washington on Saturday. And I mentioned, or Sunday, sorry. And I mentioned this um, on the last podcast, yesterday's DMVR Buffs podcast. Um, But Washington actually played my alma mater, Montana, this week. And Montana beat them. Um, It's not something I expected. I'm pretty sure that was the first time they'd beaten a Pac-12 team in 10 years, um, including like eight in a row or something to Washington that they've lost. Um, Was not anticipated. And, you know, in a week where Colorado was taking on some inferior, inferior opponents and beating them by 40 points... Washington fell 66-58 to to the Montana Grizzlies, who I believe only brought back like six players on their roster from last year. Um, kind of figuring things out, but Montana basically led end-to-end and just dismantled the zone defense that Washington plays. Uh, and, and I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway and the biggest thing I want to talk about today is just how easy it was for Montana to beat Washington. And I don't know why exactly Washington's in such tough position? You know, they, they did lose a couple of players. Um, you know, the, the big name is Isaiah Stewart, who's now gone. And it, it just doesn't look like they're cohesive. Like, you can just get them to make mistakes on the defensive end. Um, you know, Montana, what they did was just spread five guys out across the three-point line and then make a pump fake and then pass the ball. And they got the defense to commit and commit and commit every time. And Washington just wasn't able to keep up. Like, there were just too many mistakes, blown assignments, that kind of stuff. Um, That, you know, of course, the Grizzlies did have to knock down a couple of shots. But they were only 4 of 13 from 3. That was enough to keep them honest. Only two players hit three-pointers for Montana. Um, But again, what they did was just pass the ball around, around the outside Get it to whoever was open and just keep throwing up those pump fakes and get the defense to commit. And then when they do the pump fake, they take a step by him and, and drain a floater. Uh, the, the Washington does have this really, really big man in the post. Um, let me see if I can figure out what his name is. Oh, there it is. Uh, Riley Sorn, he's a sophomore. Um, he's He's seven foot four and two hundred and seventy pounds. Um He was four or four from the field, only played for ten minutes. Um, but he is an intimidating presence in there. There were some weird pictures that Montana' was posting after the game because again, like Montana Grizzlies they're their football their football recruiting class. I thought this was interesting. They brought in nineteen guys, fifteen of them were from Montana. And I don't think there was a a football player in Montana who got a Division I offer outside the state. So that's kind of what is going on on the football side of things. And they're really good at football, and they've been good at basketball. I don't think they won the Big Sky title last year, but they would won like three in a row before that. So the point, though, these were not great athletes. They were making incredible plays. They were just finding the space, taking advantage of it, and that's something that Colorado struggled with against Washington's zone last year. Um, Again, that was a better Washington zone. There were better players and they all knew what they were doing, whereas that now does not seem to be the case. Um, But it does seem like they should be beatable. And if Colorado can beat Omaha by 40, they should be able to beat Washington um, without too much stress. Washington is 1-5 this season. The game we played in Seattle, Washington's 1-2 at home. Um, that, That one win was over Seattle University and the losses were to Montana, Oregon, Utah, UC Riverside and Baylor. So some some good opponents in there, but it's not like they were close games. Um Baylor beat them 86 to 52 that you know, I mean, I guess you give Washington some credit for that. I mean, there's just nothing you can say. Like they got blown out. There weren't positives. So, um That's what to expect on that end of the floor. And then when Washington has the ball, yikes. I mean, they started three guards against Montana combined to make three shots um, on 18 attempts, um, combined 0 for 3 from 3, um, 3 of 6 from the free throw line. I mean, there just wasn't a lot going on. Oh, plus the three of them combined for seven assists and eight turnovers. Again, you, If that team is beating you, you've got problems. You know, if if you're throwing some of the younger guys out there, you know, Luke O'Brien and Dominique Clifford, they might struggle to stop these guards. Keyshawn Barthelemy, I, I think that's probably the big question: is what is he up against these guys? You know, his defense hasn't been great this season, but this won't be, like, the biggest test for him. Um, but, you know, if if Colorado blows this game on the road, that is one thing to watch out for. Is it because Keyshawn couldn't keep these guards from Washington from scoring? Um, outside of that, you know, there isn't all that much that scares you honestly like you should be able to match up dallas walton should be able to take away that big guy um you know the the other big guy they'll play um nate roberts the sophomore 611 um he's he's solid but again if if you put evan batty on him keep him away from the basket you, you should be fine and if that doesn't work then dallas walton's length should help him to contest all those shots um and even just banging into him on the other side, getting him into some foul trouble would help. And the truth is, I mean, he was probably their best player against Montana. He, he was six of seven from the field, picked up 10 boards to go with his 13 points. It, they still lost the game. You know, you don't have to shut everybody down. And I think there's, there's a chance that Colorado can do that. Um, You know, you do expect a little bit better three point shooting. Washington was two of 12, but, on paper, they aren't a great three-point shooting team, so I'm not sure how much more production you expect from there. Um, that's what I've been seeing. I guess that's probably good enough. That, from the buff side, I think we've pretty much covered everything to know about the Buffs in previous shows. Um, is there anything I'm watching for, though? Um, I think that against conference opponents, this is where you probably get... a. a a better chance to gauge your young players. I think watching Keyshawn Bartholomew, seeing how he holds up defensively, um, seeing whether he can score some points against the, against this zone. I think that that'll be fun to watch. And if it goes well, I think that that'd be a really good sign for Colorado going forward. Um, You know, honestly, probably the biggest takeaway is what, what does this team look like? Like it's a very broad question, but with the, uh, you know, hashtag Road Tad is going to flare up if the Buffs don't get up early. And there's, there's something to that. There is something to that. You know, we've seen the Buffs struggle on the road. You know, Tennessee's a much tougher test. So you would hope that going into Seattle, you can show up and get off to a hot start, um, which is something that no matter where the Buffs have played, they've sometimes struggled with. Um, so yeah, I think, I think a hot start, not just like making mistakes, keeping the turnovers down. I mean, you just want to see a clean game and you want to see your young players and maybe you can even expand the young players to, to new players, guys like, uh, Jariah Horn as well and say, we want to see them do well. Um, I, I have faith that Jariah is going to be just fine in the Pac-12 though. And it really is about what is Keyshawn. And, and I guess maybe there's some other stuff with, uh, the guards you know does Maddox Daniels bounce back what does Deshaun Schwartz look like you know he he had a down game the first game looked a little bit better in the second game hit both of his three-point attempts what is he this time Um, especially when you're going up against his own you want to be able to shoot him out of it he's one of the guys you'd look to if you're trying to go about beating Washington that way so those are some things that I'm going to be looking for um and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys after the game sunday night um before we move along to uh this pac 12 slate which i'm really excited about there's a bunch of games i want to watch this week um a couple more shout outs to make first of all breckenridge brewery uh i've told you about them before i've told you about all of the awesome things that they have going on um the the ice skating rink that's set up they have tubing they have outdoor seating for dining or just drinking um and and they really do make really great products and they've built an awesome campus down in Littleton with the farmhouse which I guess I still haven't seen what it looks like now with the sledding hill and the the ice skating rink. Um, but you guys should go check that out. It's, it's a easy way to get your family outside in a safe way. So take advantage of that and drink some beers because it's all really good stuff there. Also, uh, want to give a shout out to, Oh, the Colorado Raptors. Um, you may have heard us mention that there are some big things happening in the Colorado rugby space. And now we can spill the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. And you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you, you are keeping up to speed with us and Colton on the DNVR Rugby podcast. Um, this is the perfect time to do so because our guy Colton is doing basic one-on-one pods to break down the game for you, and they are incredible. He's also bringing you exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. All right. Um, Pac-12 Slate. This is your DraftKings Pick of the Week. Uh, For those of you who haven't heard, Colorado is not playing a football game this week. Um, There have been complaints that I'm sure you've all heard um, about how this was all handled. Um, What I will say is that it really sucks, and at best, Colorado is very unlucky. At worst, there is a grand conspiracy by the Pac-12 to destroy the University of Colorado athletics the truth is probably somewhere in the middle um, and uh, that's probably all we need to say about that I guess we can go into the details the reason Colorado doesn't have a game this week is that the games were announced on Sunday and on Sunday the Pac-12 basically just paired everybody off: the number one versus the number one in the Pac-12 championship, one from the north, one from the south, and then your two from the north, two from the south play each other, um, and the threes and the fours and uh, the fives and the sixes. Here's the thing, though: um, that was all announced on Sunday, and it was also announced that the twos would play in Los Angeles. Because one of those teams may need to sub in for USC or Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. So it's easier if you just get the travel stuff set up ahead of time. Um, Colorado. uh, Well, I guess what happened was Washington said it couldn't play USC in the championship game and Washington dropped out. That was on Monday. Oregon moved into their spot and Colorado was left without an opponent. Now, could you have just waited one more day to announce the games or could you have asked Washington on Sunday whether things were going to go this way and they they weren't going to be able to clear testing in time? All that kind of stuff. It seems like it. It certainly seems like it, but I don't know what happens behind those doors. And that's why we know it's something between just some bad luck for Colorado and some grand conspiracy. So getting into the actual games, we talked a lot about Oregon USC yesterday. I still like USC in this one. Minus three still seems like a good value. Uh, I, I think that there's a good chance that they just run away with it. Um, the other game that was supposed to be tonight, Arizona-Cal, canceled. Um, and then there are three games tomorrow. And these are the ones that we'll dig into a little bit. Um, first game of the day, Washington State and Utah. That's an eleven thirty Mountain Time kickoff. And it's a game that I'm having some trouble getting a read on. Obviously, Utah's last game out was last weekend against Colorado. They beat Colorado 38-21. The The game was closer than that score would indicate, is what I'll say. Um, before that, though, they beat Oregon State. They lost by three to Washington, the eventual Pac-12 North champion that then had to not play in the title game. Um, and they lost... To USC in their first game of the season, it was USC's third game of the season. Utah was like a little bit behind all year because of um, COVID, and for that reason, I think that Utah is a better team than maybe they get some credit for when you look at the two and two record. Washington State, meanwhile, um, opened the season with a ten point win over Oregon State, um, lost by two touchdowns to Oregon, um, beat or no no sorry, uh, lost to USC thirty eight thirteen. Um, A bit of a tough year, but there have been some positive signs. Um, Mostly freshman quarterback Jaden Delora has done some nice things. Um, This is a tough one to pick. Utah minus 10.5, that's a lot of points. But if you're picking a side here, I think that's the right side, especially at home, especially with a team traveling, probably without a whole bunch of motivation, freshman quarterback playing on the road, all those sorts of things. Utah is probably the smart side here, but 10.5 points is a lot. And it's probably the, the game that I like least on uh, this Pac-12 slate. Second game of the day is uh, Stanford at UCLA. UCLA, uh, they've been making some noise uh, recently. They, they just lost by 5 to USC. Um, they beat Arizona State the week before. Um, they, they beat Arizona big the week before that. And before that, they uh, um, they only lost by three at Oregon. So there's a lot to like about UCLA. Um, there's, there's a lot of very positive things happening with that program. It's trending in the right direction. DTR's figured a bunch of things out. Demetric Felton's electric. Um, Oso Digazua, who we remember from week one, uh, who was basically a non- non-factor, the defensive lineman. Well, he's been a monster ever since. Um, really, that game to Colorado is the big blemish on the resume for UCLA. Meanwhile, Stanford's playing well too. Um, Coming off a close win over Oregon State, they're uh, the only team that beat Washington, the Pac-12 North winner this season. Uh, won a close game against Cal, dropped a close one to Colorado. Um, there's there's a lot to like, um, and I'm having a tough time picking a side here. The line has moved. I think it was seven and a half, and now it's down to six and a half in favor of UCLA. I kind of like Stanford on the road. I I think that. They can play a clean game, keep it close, dominate time of possession. Um, and I think that if they do those things, then they probably cover that six and a half point spread. Um, let me see what this over under is looking like over under 59. So that'd be what it's a push if it's a let's say 29 to 30 game. Um, I, I think it's under. I don't think Stanford puts up that many points. I think that the Stanford defense is able to slow down UCLA a little bit. They'll, they'll at least proz- provide resistance in a way that some Pac-12 teams haven't been able to. I, I like the under. I like Stanford b- minus or plus six and a half, I think. But I think there's also a real chance that UCLA runs away with it. Um, I think either Stanford covers or UCLA wins by, like, 15 to 20, um, but I think Stanford covering is the more likely outcome here. Um, And uh, uh, another great betting line: uh, Arizona State at Oregon State. Arizona State only favored by seven. Pound that. Um, Pound that line for Arizona State. They were in a tough position. You know, they they opened the season by. Almost beating USC. It took tip passes and an onside kick. A whole bunch of crazy things for USC to come back and win that game. Um, Honestly, pretty fluky. Since then, they uh, lost to UCLA, a team that we've talked up. It was 25-18. They had missed two weeks ahead of that because of uh, a COVID outbreak. Um, in the uh, arizona state locker room um and they were all a little bit rusty and then last week they beat arizona 70 to 7 i like arizona state my seven here and i'm i'm gonna be putting some serious cash on it you know the the eight thirty kickoff scares me a little bit this has some Pac 12 after dark vibes to it um but i, I do think the arizona state probably uh Probably wins this one running away, Uh, especially because I I don't believe Tristan Gebbia is going to be back at quarterback um, for Oregon State. I'm going to check on that really quick. Um, Tristan Gebbia out for Utah and maybe finish for the season. Okay, well, that doesn't really help. Okay, a Twitter search says that he is out for the season. Not by like anybody reputable that I've found yet, um, but that is what we had assumed. So I'm going to choose to believe it. Um, Arizona State in that one. I mean, that feels like free money to me. If if we had to pick one DraftKings pick of the week, it's that one. Arizona State over Oregon State. Um, feeling good about it. Uh, shorter show today. That's what happens when the football games get canceled, I guess. Um, But we will be back on Sunday talking some buffs hoops. And then on Monday, I am sure that there will be plenty to talk about um, as we figure out what the landscape looks like for Colorado going forward. I'm not sure. I I guess Selection Sunday is this Sunday. So we'll we'll have some details that we can talk about. Until then... um, have fun betting on these games. If you bet on the games, have fun watching if you just watch them. And I will see you on Sunday with the uh, full crew. I
0: think they like my Colorado Sway. Cause when no minute play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to egg. And when no minute go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get the books with my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180 Speed and competitors, see you later, baby, baby. Colorado yeah. Army me with soldiers like the Navy yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting Whoa. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes, I can tell that you're afraid Cause you know what? And you on your own now. Why you watching the official? You just better, hope you make it to the next whistle. And we playing with till you, you can We got them. we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we at They on. like my Colorado sway. because when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado